Hey guys, what's up? My name is Harmony and today I have a current case that happened just over this Thanksgiving holiday and it revolves around an Instagram influencer. But before we get into this, I want to take a second and say hi. Hi to Caleb1984 who left a one-star review about this podcast stating that the show would be awesome if I simply didn't go off topic so much. So thank you, Caleb. I'm glad that you think the show would be awesome if I just wasn't myself. Your comment has been noted and it's very appreciated. I hope you have a great week. Yet, you probably won't hear this because this is a distraction part of the podcast and not about the case. So with all of that, no more distractions and uh, let's go ahead and jump into the case. What happened to Alexis Sharkey? Alexis Sharkey was a beautiful 26-year-old woman who was married about a year ago. She should have been spending Thanksgiving with her husband, but instead Alexis went and spent it with her friends because she apparently didn't want to be home with her husband. However, the 49-year-old Tom Sharkey said that they actually enjoyed a Thanksgiving breakfast together. Now, we aren't sure if she actually did have a nice breakfast with him, but it has been mentioned that on a recent trip with Alexis's friends, she actually told them that she was planning on leaving Tom because he was very controlling and manipulative toward her. And she even said, and I quote, he was putting hands on her. Just two days after Thanksgiving on November 28th, Alexis was found naked and deceased on the side of a road just four minutes from her apartment in Houston, Texas. Now, almost a month into this investigation, we are left with a lot of unanswered questions, but there is a lot of information out there, so let's just go ahead and go over all of that. I will also try to keep the distractions to a minimum. <laughs> so, at around 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, November 28th, a City of Houston Public Works employee driving down the 1000 block of Red Haw near Katy Freeway spotted what looked like feet sticking out of the bushes on an I-10 service road. This service road was roughly about three miles away from the apartment that Alexis shared with her husband Tom. Now, not only was Alexis found naked, which is already strange in itself, she also, according to police, had no visible wounds on her body. Keep in mind that she didn't have these wounds when I tell you a statement that one of her friends had said Alexis told her. Quote, he strangles me and chokes me and I black out and I wake up on the bathroom floor every single time. It is important to note that as I continue on, there is a bit of talk about the fact that Alexis could have been abused by Tom. I'm not saying this is a fact, I am just stating that there is evidence stating this from Alexis herself. Now, Tom is insisting that he is innocent of any wrongdoing, and he absolutely may be. However, in cases when something like this happens and a spouse goes missing or is found deceased in an odd manner, then you add into that that the victim also confided in friends that they are being abused or controlled, manipulated, and they're unhappy, suspicion will fall on the spouse. So was it Tom? Or could something else have happened? Did somebody come and get her that night and nobody knows who it is and something went wrong and she ended up naked and deceased just three miles away from her home? I can tell you this, with no visible wounds on her body, we know that she was not hit by a car and then just left on the side of the road in some horrible hit and run. She definitely wasn't shot, she wasn't stabbed, 
none of that. So it, it wasn't as though she was just walking down the street and maybe something happened. This doesn't seem to be the case. She was just laying in the bushes, naked and deceased, much like a body dump. Now, I hear you. Well, Harmony, maybe she did this to herself. I'm going to say that that's not really a viable option, even though Tom, he's making it sound as though this could be, saying statements that kind of set up this sort of narrative with a possible maybe suicide attempt or suicide action or even a overdose. However, the only person who buys this story is the one selling it, Tom. It also seems that as of right now, we are not sure how Alexis did pass away. Autopsy reports in that regard are still pending. What we do have, however, is information on when she may have died. And if you are someone who follows these cases involving spouses and them going missing, well, this follows a lot of that narrative. Alexis stopped responding to calls on Friday night, November 27th. Now, this really worried her friends because Alexis practically lived on her phone. She was an Instagram influencer and she worked for the MLM company known as Monate, selling health and beauty products. With that weekend being Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Alexis should have been posting nonstop to her social media about the bundles and sales that were available at this time in order to make a commission, you know, to do her job. Now, sadly, a lot of people are focusing on the MLM factor of this, you know, that it's a multi-level marketing and people call that pyramid scheme. That takes away from the fact that there is a victim here, and that is what I'm going to focus on. Now, there's a video with one of Alexis's best friends, Tanya, making a statement about the case. She's talking about the fact that she is the house, the friend, who Alexis went to to have Thanksgiving with. They spent it with Tanya's family, and they actually made plans to go to the movies on Saturday. Now, side note, everything she says is backed up between text of her having this conversation with Alexis. Now, continuing with Tanya's statement in this video, the last time I spoke to her was on Friday around six o'clock. In this same interview, Tanya says that she actually went over to Alexis' apartment to check on her because she had not heard from her, she couldn't reach her, and she was worried. But no one answered the door. This is when she called the police and she filed the missing persons report, not Tom. Sadly, unknown to Tanya or police at this time, when filing the report, Alexis's body had already been found. It was just not yet identified. Her mother, Stacy, posted to her Facebook pleading for any leads on her missing daughter around 10 p.m. The post reads, Please share this post. My daughter Alexis Starkey is missing. No one has heard from her for over 24 hours and the police are involved. She lived in Houston, Texas since January and that was where she was last seen. Please help us find her and bring her home safely. We are so desperate. Please share. Then, roughly around an hour later, Tom Sharkey, he shared Stacy's Facebook post. However, he didn't say anything. On November 29th, Stacy, Alexis's mother, posted to her Facebook wall two photos of her daughter. She shared the heartbreaking news that her daughter had been found deceased. This is a post that no parent should ever have to make. Now, Tom's an interesting character, I'm going to say that. But what I'm also going to mention is his story doesn't quite match up with, well, the facts. Apparently, the Harris County Institute of Forensic Sciences actually identified Alexis by her fingerprint. Yet, Tom claims something completely different. Tom told ABC 13 in a phone call 
that he was the one who found Alexis, saying, and I quote, Everybody was still looking for her, and I located her Sunday morning in the coroner's office. They couldn't ID my wife. They didn't know who she was. She was just there. Surprisingly, though, when he was asked to go into more specific details about this, Tom suddenly and abruptly ended the call by saying, quote, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not a jerk. I'm just destroyed. Also, Tom has admitted to some sources that him and Alexis actually had a bit of an argument on the night that she disappeared. But he also says that's not true as well. Little bit of a flip-flop. According to her friends, they were told that she, quote, hopped over their patio fence and then into a car. Yet none of her friends were this secret person in this mysterious car. And as an influencer of her status, I don't believe she would just on a limb run and jump into a car from somebody that nobody knows. When you become somebody that she was, you kind of have a tight-knit group that knows your personal life. And she obviously confided with her friends about personal things in her life. So why wouldn't they know this mysterious car that Tom claims she got into? But most of all, why wouldn't she have said anything to her friends for over 24 hours, even if she did up and leave with this strange person? In the same interview, Tom said, and I quote, she understood me. I understood her. We didn't fight when she left. I just told her she couldn't drive under the influence. She left anyhow. This is where we're at. So let's get this straight. According to Tom, Alexis was drunk and not in a state to drive, yet she could jump over a fence and then into a car. That's a little odd. I don't know about you, but if I am drunk, I definitely don't have the hand-eye coordination to hop a fence, even if my drunk mind says it's a good idea. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's highly improbable, especially seeing as how Tom didn't really worry about Alexis to file any sort of missing persons report or reach out, really, when she just didn't contact him or anybody else and hadn't even come back home within 24 hours of this mysterious stranger coming to get her with her drastic escape jumping over fences while obviously intoxicated. Didn't raise any red flags to Tom in the slightest. Which, as we continue forward, also to me kind of raises red flags on Tom's character. Because according to him, they weren't really having problems. So if that's true, this would have been an alarm bell to him that she just ran off and didn't bother contacting him. I don't know about you, but if I'm dating someone and they do something out of character, it would worry me. But not Tom. It is actually claimed that Tom and Alexis were fighting a lot before she went missing, with her friends actually believing that Alexis was planning on divorcing Tom. One friend even said that she actually thought they were already separated. Of course, Tom states that this is not true, that in fact, he was the one who would build her up when she was stressed. In the same interview of his previous statements, he said, my wife was an amazing woman. She really was. There's always other sides to everything. I was the one holding her, cuddling her and building her back up. Now, Tom is a bit active on social media. I wouldn't say in the same regard, however, as his late wife was, 
But I do want to talk about some of Tom's social media posts. See, on November 23rd, just five days before Alexis vanished, Tom posted this. When a person loses all they consider everything in their life and is at their own personal rock bottom, it's then when you see who they truly are and choose to be. Life hits hard. Hit harder. This is a message for a friend. Now get up, rub some dirt in it. I know who you are. Now show me. Okay, I know that kind of sounded aggressive, but he has exclamation points all in this post. So I actually just saved your ears because it should have come out like, life hits harder. I'm sorry. I just scared my dogs and a little bit of myself. Probably you too. Now this post, though, a little bit just odd. I mean, Tom obviously is a little bit of an odd person because he put that he studied at the School of Hard Knocks. So that's where we are with him. And, uh, you know, he did some things with this post, which is why I'm bringing it up. I wasn't the one who noticed it. A, a person actually spotted it, but he altered the post a few times. See, at 8.49, after he posted it, he changed it from and is to and are, then to and they are. The post has since been deleted and it could just be him like maybe overthinking a post and wanting to make it sound right or however he kind of wants it to be. Or it could be some sort of nefarious omen with these changes. Alexis's last post to Instagram was posted the day before Tom made that post. With its odd pronoun editing, it was a photo of her during her trip to Mexico. I do find it a little odd that her last post was from the same trip where she confided in her friends saying that she was planning to leave Tom and how closely she published that to Tom posting that. I, I maybe, maybe she was talking to Tom about her issues and maybe he saw no problem on his end and was just like, you got suck it up buttercup because I am not in the wrong here. I don't know. Maybe it's also completely unrelated and he is just, um, you know, a perfectionist. I don't know. I do want to say Alexis's mother, she says that she's unaware that there could have been any potential breakup and that she even stated she never really got any bad vibes from Tom either when they were around each other. Alexis and Tom did live in Houston, but the couple actually met when Alexis lived in Midland, Odessa, Texas. And what I'm about to say, ever since it was pointed out, the similarity hasn't left my head. Tom, he worked in the oil field and Alexis was working at a Twin Peaks restaurant. I know, that doesn't probably ring any bells right now, but what I'm about to say will make your eyes just widen. Shanann and Chris Watts. Chris worked in an oil field. Shanann, she worked for an MLM company. She had confided in her friends about, well, having some worries and some unhappiness in her marriage. And just after arriving back home that very night from a trip, she disappeared and has never been heard from again. It's just a really odd, like, resemblance of the Watts case. So while she was working at this Twin Peaks restaurant, Tom became a regular there and they struck up a relationship. I know this case takes place in Texas, but Alexis actually grew up in Pennsylvania. Her parents still live there today. 
Alexis graduated summa cum laude with a degree in biology from the University of Pittsburgh at Bradford. And Alexis was planning to go into medical school. However, she decided to take a gap year, and this is when she moved to Texas. She then began to work for Monate and actually seemed to really enjoy it and was doing pretty well, making her way up to executive director. Do not ask me what that position entitles because I don't know. Tom has stated that he has gotten death threats due to the death of his wife, and he has even since changed his Facebook privacy settings so that you can't publicly see much. His occupation before his profile became private stated that he was a consultant that provided information relevant to West Texas regarding culture, travel, and life. And according to Stacy, Tom did travel a lot, but it was internationally. And I don't know what that has to do with Texas and its culture, but I mean, he didn't lie, he did travel. Alexis and Tom moved to Grand Junction, Colorado for a few months in 2019, and this is when they got married, on December 20th, 2019. Then, in January, they decided to just move to Houston. You know, get back to Texas. Stacy has stated that she didn't know of any problems at all in her daughter's marriage, even with all the claims that there are being stated now. Stacy says that Alexis never shared with her that she was completely unaware and even stated, whenever they were with us, we had a great deal of fun with them and we enjoyed being around them even though it was never confided to her mother and there was no actual worry about Tom in Stacy's eyes, I do want it to be said, and I'm not stating that Stacy believes this, it was Tom, but Stacy does believe 100% that her daughter was murdered. Now, even with Tom stating to some that they had gotten into a fight, he has adamantly denied such a thing now. I also can't find a ton of interviews with Tom and he doesn't seem to give a lot of uh, I guess help in public uh, sources of any way to really reach out to him in any source or just to he just kind of seems suspicious I'm just gonna put it down on that I'm not saying that he killed her I'm just saying he doesn't he doesn't seem to uh, match with the facts out there see another friend of Alexis Lauren said that quote I'm going to be honest. She confided in me about how worried she was for her safety when we went to Marfa, Texas almost a month ago. We were sitting down at dinner and she lost it. We walked back to our hotel room and she confided in me that night. And in another strange occurrence, a friend of Alexis as well, Chelsea Turnbow's boyfriend, got a text from Tom himself around 11 p.m. on the night that Alexis disappeared. Her boyfriend then called Tom and asked, hey, you know, what's going on? To which Tom responded, quote, me and Lex got into an argument and she left. I don't know where she went. Can you just please let me know if you know anything? So it's odd. We don't know why Tom is now stating that an argument didn't really happen. They didn't really have any problems when there's a bit of proof to the contrary. That's really all I can give you about this case right now. And I will say that the police haven't said if Tom is a suspect or a person of interest. And um, 
it is an ongoing and developing case. So it's, it's difficult for all the pieces to get put together because there are so many unanswered questions. I will say that Tom, he does look a bit suspicious, but again, I think that could also be because when I do all of this research, I see a lot of these cases. And oftentimes if the person looks suspicious, it's usually because they did something wrong. But again, that doesn't ring true in every case. We don't often know how someone will react to this kind of thing. And not every marriage is perfect and not every relationship is perfect. If yours is perfect and you don't ever argue and you don't ever have any problems, someone is probably not communicating full-hearted, open, honestly with the other person. So having arguments doesn't make him a killer. But what makes him suspicious is that he doesn't seem to, he's not seeming to be honest with, you know, the, I guess the public and in his interviews. I would love to know what you guys think. I will be posting on Instagram pictures relating to this case. And I would like to know if you think that there is foul play in her death. If you think it's odd that her body had no marks on it and that she was found completely nude. Also, right by her house. Also, Tom says that she jumped a, a fence and just left. Also, that she never contacted anyone with this sudden just epiphany of I'm going to leave. I don't know. It's a little bit bizarre to me, but I would love to know what you think. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And Caleb, I hope I was not too distracted if you listened to this episode. I really was responding back in a lighthearted manner. I am sorry that I can be distracted. I know I am that way. I do have ADHD, so I apologize. I do want to give you guys what you want. And that will include things that I enjoy and somewhat how I am. But I will make a, a note to myself, a mental note, to try to stay on track. I do hope you guys have an incredible week if I don't post a second episode until next week. You guys, please also bear with me over the Christmas holiday. I will have my family and I just don't know if I will have a moment or want to take a moment to post a episode until after, but I will do my best and I might release a few bite-sized ones. If you guys have any cases you would like for me to look up, you know, dive into, get lost in, please send me a message on the What The Actual F Instagram, or as usual, my email, which is whattheactualeffharmony at gmail.com. I love you guys, stay safe, and I hope in case we don't talk again, or I don't talk to you, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, New Year, everything and anything. I just hope you are happy. I love you guys. And thank you for listening. Bye. And P.S. Caleb, I do, I really do hope that you give this podcast another chance.